The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello and welcome everyone to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas and I'm here with David Henderson of Sweetbridge.com. Sweetbridge is a platform for low-cost trading and banking for everyone. Hello, David. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Glad to have you on. Uh, you know, it it seems like uh, your particular uh, platform has become really popular lately in different variations. A lot of people are trying to create exchanges where it's easier to trade, and uh, you know the the banking part of it can can get a little bit of hairy with regulations and things like that. Take us through a little bit of an introduction. What is Sweetbridge? What, what sets it apart from the rest of the you know exchanges and trading platforms that are out there right now? Okay, well, Sweetbridge um, is really a team of global contributors, um, and we're building a blockchain alliance to cover lots of projects in lots of areas uh, for commerce, supply chain, and, and interest-free loans. And and I think the the biggest single difference is if you if you go right back to the beginning of blockchain applications. <clears throat> And uh, Bitcoin, which is very much in the the news at the moment, um, you know the uh, the fluctuation in the price of Bitcoin um, excites a lot of people, provides a lot of opportunities, derivatives, trading, investment. Um, but it's not a great currency to use for transactional trade or you know or borrowing. So I think it's just the fluctu the the volatility and the changing in price. So you know if you go back to May 22nd, 2010, you've got two pizzas bought. Uh, I'm sure you know this story uh, for 5,000 bitcoins each. Which, if you're if you're very good at arithmetic, you'll work out that 5,000 times what are we today? 18,000 or something. Um, it, it's going to be about uh, 80 million a pizza or something. So yeah. someone's bent out of shape on that deal, right? And and the point is, if you had a, let's say you had an overdraft or a loan in uh, Bitcoin, uh, you know, you wake up in the morning and say, oh no, you you owe 20% more than you did last night. Or you go to sleep and you wake up, oh, you own 15%, you owe 15% less. You know, it's, it's too volatile uh, for people really to transact in it. The same if you're buying goods and services, you know, you shake hands and you agree on the deal, perhaps in US dollars, if you agreed it in Bitcoin, then, you know, by the time you come to settle, once you've built the goods and shipped them and delivered them to the customer, um, you know, you look around and say, oh, hold on a second. 
that's um that's twenty thousand more dollars I'm giving you now because the price has gone up uh, of of the currency that I'm using to pay you in. So it's it's never been a an ideal uh, currency for business business to business transactions or indeed uh, personal lending or, or anything like that. I think that you you are you're speaking about a topic that's very important, and I and I think it's it's unfortunate that a lot of a lot of our contemporaries kind of sweep this under the rug, but uh, you you really can't have your cake and eat it too on this. You either want Bitcoin to be a speculative tool, or you want it to be used as a transactional currency. But but they really don't. Uh, those two ideas don't they can't coexist for the exact reason you just described. Who would want to pay in Bitcoin if Bitcoin's going to go up twenty percent tomorrow? Absolutely, and and that's just what you're seeing. People are holding on to it. Uh, they don't want to sell it. Um, and and you know there are uh, there are methods for spending it. There's a, there's there's debit cards issued out of the U.S. Um, I think it's a New York bank that supports those. And then there's debit cards issued all across Europe and the rest of the world. Um, where you can actually spend your your Bitcoin and your Ether, um, but then, then you have people. As soon as they've done that, they look back. Uh, I did that at the beginning of this year, and now those um, those sandwiches I, I I bought at the beginning of the year using my debit card uh, are now very very expensive sandwiches. If I convert back to the price that I paid <laughs> then, which yeah. is reasonable in my own currency, but it's just that Bitcoin wasn't worth very much. So. You're absolutely right, Josh. The um the conflicting things are that the, the use of the currency as a transactional device uh, or a transaction medium or a store of value. And you know, for transactions, you, you don't have the same uh, objectives as a store of value. And you know that that leads to everyone buying it and holding on to it, which isn't great for liquidity and it's not great for doing deals in. It makes a few people. Um, extraordinarily wealthy if they've got in very early on, but it's not particularly useful for a business today or tomorrow or a person to take a loan out. Uh, you know, I think that's a fairly frightening scenario, taking a loan in Bitcoin and then wondering what you're going to be owing next week or next month or next year. So there's a, a real desire to create a stable token. And there's been a few projects have tried to do that and they've been, you know, successful to an extent. Um, but they haven't really cracked it in terms of creating a stable currency that's um you know pegged to another sensible real fiat currency uh and in our case that's the the US dollar to begin with our our bridge coin would peg to that and um you know it's it's basically going to do nothing exciting it's going to be the most you know uh, dull coin in in existence um it will stick to the US dollar and we have uh mechanisms ex-Federal Reserve economists, mathematicians. Uh, we've even issued a white paper on the mechanism for, for doing this and measuring the amount you can lend and borrow against it. But that stability is what will drive um, finance uh, and drive the financing of supply chain transactions uh, in the future. I appreciate you indulging me on that but because I think it's a it's an important topic that not enough people will bring up. But back to your Back to your platform here, Sweetbridge. Talk to me a little more about that. What was the inspiration for this? And, um, oh, you know, tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um, well, I've, I've worked the last 20 years in, um, you know, the intersection of supply chain finance and, and uh, technology. And 
again and again, we, we came up against asset-heavy, um, marginally profitable companies um, trying to squeeze out an existence and finding it took an inordinate amount of time to get paid. Um, but they still had the assets, but they, they couldn't get any financing for them. Or, or they could, but it would be at a very expensive rate. And, you know, the larger the customer they had, the longer the payment terms would be. And, you know, you ask the question, well, what's your payment terms? And they say, oh, well, it used to be 45, but then they asked for 60. It used to be 60, then they asked for 90. It used to be 90, and now they're asking for 120. Why? Well, because they're, you know, the world's largest companies, and they can do that. They can choose not to pay for 90 days. And if you want them as a customer, you just have to fall in line. So it, it made it increasingly difficult uh, for these companies to access that uh, working capital and having it tied up. And if you if you think about the requirements for a stable coin and kind of the history of that, uh, you, you need a lot of velocity of the currency uh, for your, your whatever you're creating. So it needs to turn over multiple times. And that... That is actually very well served in the supply chain um, because you, you literally, the, the guy who's manufacturing something, he has a factory, he has a workforce, he has raw materials. He needs to manufacture the stuff and then ship it out every week, every month, every year. And likewise, the guy receiving it has to receive it, put it in his store and, and sell it. Um, there's no, um, you know, there's no, I'm just going to hold on to this and not do anything with it. So the bottom line is that leads to a lot of turnover and activity in the actual currency, uh, which is great for liquidity and great for stability because you, you can always find it there and there aren't scarcities and, and demands on it that it can't meet. So it's that um, circle of, of cash uh, going around that uh, supply chain, which is an excellent vehicle for uh, a currency. Well, yeah, and that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and uh, as far as you know, Bitcoin may or may not ever ever get there. I mean, the the future is extremely uncertain and volatile. Uh, but if we could get to a point to where it was used frequently and it was readily available, like you're describing, then then that would be a much more interesting situation. You don't think that Bitcoin's going to get there, right? Um, I think there's been a lot of innovation. Uh, you know, there's they tried to do larger block sizes, more transactions, um, and uh, I'm trying to think what the other one is. Uh, you know, mining cost. There, there's a there's a whole load of reasons why um, the uh, you know the the challenges Bitcoin faces, and and the biggest one at the moment is the excitement and froth about uh, people investing in it and wanting to buy it. Uh, well, you have an endless queue of people saying. Gimme, gimme, gimme! Um, you're not going to keep the price stable. Uh, so I, I think Bitcoin may fork into something which has, you know, higher transaction speed, um, which I think is an issue today. Lower mining costs, which I also think is an issue today. Uh, you know, transactions per second, uh, decentralization away from mining pools. Those are all challenges. Um, doesn't make it a bad investment. Uh, or or a good one. It's just these are these are features which prevent it being treated as a serious currency. Um, you, you know, if you if you take a you know high frequency trading environment and you look at the trades done and the latency and the speed at which we can today currently you know change money on exchanges and perform transactions, um, that's just completely unthinkable in a blockchain environment today. 
Um, there are people working on making that happen. Um, but today, the idea that you could use Bitcoin, uh, you know, as an exchange to to do high frequency trading on would, would just, is just crazy. It's um, it's you know, it's got anonymity. It's got uh, it's currency and country agnostic, which is what people like about it. Doesn't matter where you are or what your currency is, you can exchange value with someone. Um, and it's uh, you know, it's um. It's providing these transactions at relatively low cost, although occasionally the you know the actual um, transaction fees do climb uh, before they're adjusted by the algorithm. But you know, it's I, I don't think it will become the currency of trade if you put it that way. So talk to me from your perspective. You know, you you have this platform uh, and you have spoken a little bit about it, but uh, there was something you mentioned earlier about. Uh, working capital loans on uh, existing accounts receivable. Is that something that, that your bank does? Um, well, we're, we're not a bank, I'd say, first of all, but uh, we, we're we're working on collateralizing. What we have today is the collateralization of uh, crypto assets. And I'll, I'll tell you, that, that sounds like a jump away from supply chain and invoice receivables. But the reason for that is that um, actual, um, actually asserting title to something so if, if I have a bundle of invoices here and, and you say, are these your invoices? And I say, yes, they are. Um, and you say, are they still open and not paid yet? And I say, yes, they're not paid yet. And I give them to you by PDF or email or whatever. Uh, you have absolutely no way of knowing whether they're valid or not and whether they're going to be paid and whether they're still outstanding and whether I've given them to someone else to discount or they're not valid invoices. And I just printed them up with my computer because I'm short of cash. You've no way of knowing that. Uh, conversely, on the, the blockchain, um, you know, that you either have the private key or you don't have the private key. You either control the funds or you don't control the funds. So that it's very clear to assert title to a digital asset uh, such as Bitcoin or Ethereum. Much harder to do with, uh, with, with these other classes of assets. Our objective is to collateralize all of those assets, um, including receivables, inventory, warehouse space, all the standard uh, supply chain things, um, and allow you know lending to be done, uh, borrowing to be done against that collateral once it's locked. Uh, and we are working with a, a large number of lawyers um, on how to do that safely, legally, uh, across you know multiple jurisdictions of the world. So where would you say you are in your development at this point? Uh, Sweetbridge is uh, how, how long have you been in development, and and when do you see this uh, launching as a you know a, a customer facing platform? That's a great question. Um, we, we've been really at it for over a year. I think I started in October of last year. Um, but we really we we will have a, a, a an open crowd sale um, early next year. And at that point, um, we will be our, our first objective is working on the release of the, the vault, which will allow assets to be uh, crypto assets to be locked in there and then borrowed against. And, and on from there as a roadmap, you know, there's other classes of assets. Uh, of course, after solidifying the assertion of title, um, that could be locked in there and borrowed against too. So you, you can see that in our white paper and one of our white papers. Um, and also in presentation materials, that that's our objective. Okay, very good. And as we look ahead to the future of 
you're you're creating a low cost trading platform and you're wanting to uh, allow banking for everyone. What what innovations do you see in the next 12 months to 24 months uh, in this industry? Oh, okay. Wow. Um, I think um, there's there's so much coming down the the pipeline. I think you know we're we're challenging fees, so we're trying to target getting transactional fees down to um, between 10 and three basis points. Um, which you know at the moment it's the wild west for cryptocurrency, and you know percentages are in the you know single digits. So you've got 100 basis points or 200 basis points being charged for getting in and out of things and and doing transactions. We're building a <clears throat> a network which will uh, be run as you know that there'll be not-for-profit entities. Uh, they'll be member-run, and they will you know, reinvest any profits they make into reducing those fees. So the idea is to to make it almost frictionless finance. Um, and, you know, we I, I forgot to mention at the beginning, but 10% of our funds are pledged to social impact, you know, sustained economic development in uh, challenging environments or, or countries. Uh, so we are, we're really trying to push this down. We're not trying to, you know, become the new... Uh, rent seeker taking all the money for doing everything we're really trying to be transparent about it uh, and set up these not-for-profits which of course are are pledged to um you know not distribute assets at below par value uh and never distribute dividends as as kind of a sign that you know well what can we do with it if we can't do either of those things we have to plow the money back in and, and make it cheaper for the members using the platform so it's, it's kind of like a, i think the us would be a credit union um, where where you're running it, you know, by the people for the people. Okay, very interesting. So SweetBridge.com, and uh, I know we mentioned at the beginning that this is a platform for low cost trading and banking for everyone. Uh, but is there a specific group of people that you know may find this more useful than others? For instance, uh, you know, someone who has a nine to five or someone who's a full time investor. Is there is there any kind of particular audience that that would resonate better with with your mission? Well, that, that's a great question, and, and I'll I bring in the fact that, you know, all of our members uh, require KYC and AML, so it's not open to people who would fail Know Your Customer and Anti-Money Laundering uh, registration. So there's no anonymity here. It's really between known known entities. Um, so, so I'd say that first. And secondly, the... Um, the people that it would be most useful for, well, you, you imagine small to medium-sized enterprises trying to increase their working capital. Um, maybe they have some very large customers. Um, maybe they want to finance, uh, you know, future revenues or, or a capital investment. You know, they can use our token as a discount token um, to work against uh, the fees on the platform. You know, there's, we, we're modeling that too to run those things for them. Um, the, the crypto investor. Uh, can take his Bitcoin or Ethereum and lock it in our vault and then borrow against that to purchase an additional uh, crypto asset, uh, which allows them to speculate, even though they still technically own uh, the original asset, they just can't put their hands on it until they repay, repay uh, Sweetbridge protocol what they've, what they've borrowed. So I think, I think those two groups, uh, small to medium-sized enterprises, were working with um, a rice trading consortium uh, in Vietnam, uh, and and we're looking at global projects on a social uh, scale, alliances with 
20 or 30 different companies. So there's, there's too much going on to try and take you through it all. Uh, but we have the, the social impact side, which we're trying to help for, I think, challenged currencies, challenged countries uh, would definitely benefit from the ability to uh, to be able to trade freely as, as they do today in, in cryptocurrencies. But with the added stability of not having their funds in something which they, they, they worry about going up or down drastically overnight. Okay, very good. So uh, we're going to wrap up for today. It's uh, been David Henderson from sweetbridge.com. David, I uh, really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing this. Any final thoughts for our audience before we go? Um, thank you very much, Josh. Uh, I, I think I look forward to the platform uh, launching next year, and we'll all be wondering what the Bitcoin and Ethereum prices will be doing then. <laughs> that is the golden question for sure. Yeah. So thanks again for joining us, and thank you to our sure. audience for being here. We'll see you next time on the Future Tech Podcast. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.